0: Welcome to The Suburban, a podcast produced entirely by teenagers for an audience of teenagers. Coming to you from the in-house recording studio of a high school in Michigan, we're here to bring you stories that matter to students. Follow us on Spotify, tell your friends. We hope you enjoyed listening to these episodes as much as we enjoyed making them.
1: So, welcome to the podcast. We're going to call it The Suburban. The Suburban. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Um I don't know what where to start, though. Oh. We're going <laughs> I mean, right. we're, we're going to edit this. So, sure. yeah. we'll cut out whatever we don't need. <laughs> right. It's really just a test run. Okay. Um So, so I if,
0: can't make any mistakes.
1: You can't make any mistakes. Okay.
0: That's really exciting.
1: <laughs> which is good cuz you don't make many mistakes. Aww. So. Thank you. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Who am I? Yeah. We're in an audio format now, so people can't see who <laughs> that's, you are.
0: That's true. Um, well, the very first thing I thought of when you said that was Les Mis, Jean Valjean, 24601. Um, so anyway, <laughs> who am I?
1: You're not in prison. I'm not You're in prison. You're not a political prisoner. No,
0: I'm not. I didn't steal any bread. I am Kaylin Lovren. I'm a junior. I do AV. I write, I read, I do school. I intend to do school for a long time to come, so I enjoy it. Yeah, you it. kind of like school. I, I do, yeah. I like certain parts of school. I like the academic side of things. I like learning. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Uh, I have a thing for understanding the world, I guess. I don't like not knowing how things work, and I don't like not knowing how I work, and I don't like not knowing how people work it, it just yeah. know.
1: well but is that even possible
0: I mean it's not and I'm I'm very aware of that it's a character development type of thing that I have <laughs> to deal with
1: because it seems like well and I'm I don't think we're unalike is that a word I think we're very much alike in a yeah. lot of ways uh-huh. so uh yeah I like to know how things work too yeah um and I'm not afraid to like figure it out right to um to research things or whatever so um and like that's true of pretty much all aspects of my life whether it's uh academic or it's um you know leisurely or athletic or whatever um but the more i seek to understand the world i think the more questions i end up having is that true of you oh
0: for sure yeah there's definitely a paradox where you know, you learn more, but then you realize this is so beyond me. Like I could never in my entire life reach mm-hmm. everything. So it's it's somewhat of a dead end mm-hmm. eventually that you come to and you're like, OK, well, if it's not understanding things, then what am I doing?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, what it so like? Ultimately, that mm-hmm. like, other than just the fun of understanding things mm-hmm. and being the smartest one in the room, right? Um, which I think you often probably are. I'm not. Um, I like to understand things, but it's not. Um, I don't think we're at the same level. Like, what what is the end goal?
0: I don't know. I feel like in some way, what I'm what I'm supposed to do with my life is find some answer. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that answer is, but like finding some meaning, mm-hmm. because I think the world we live in, like there's so much meaninglessness, mm-hmm. I like, you know, everyone has their own truth. And to some extent, like there's, there's gray area, there's, there's areas where there isn't necessarily like a certain truth, but I think there are some areas where Truth is necessary, but also truth isn't sought out Mm -hmm. So I think the pursuit of truth and the pursuit of meaning a meaning that everyone can pursue Mm
1: -hmm.
0: in their own ways is really difficult to find but also things that are difficult and complicated are things I'm drawn to so
1: Right, right. You're coming at life from a faith-based perspective mm-hmm. right so yeah. like a lot of like the the idea of truth is perhaps different for you than than other people oh, for sure yeah. so like how does that how does that play a role in
0: yeah um it's faith like christian worldview is something that i've been raised up on and something that i found to be true and good for my own life like mm-hmm. it's it's made sense and i found some value in that and some some order yeah there
1: and maybe that's the direction we okay. go um so what i was what i was going to say is you said that worldview helps you make sense of the world mm-hmm. um h- helps you make sense of your everyday life mm-hmm. um and i think oftentimes um people realize that in a moment of crisis is that has that been your experience where you've had like moments in your life where you're like oh this is the thing that keeps my life in order
0: yeah i mean i'd say there's a slow progression over time but Mm -hmm. there are also those moments of oh this does mean a lot this does bring order this does bring meaning Mm -hmm. um so Moments of crisis, like I, I did a podcast where I talked about my grandma Helen with my with mm-hmm. my parents. And yep. so she lived with us for however long um, she had stage four lung cancer. She eventually spiraled downhill really quickly, um, but she died in our house. Like she lived with us and then right. she she died with us and there was hospice and all of that stuff. But that was also 2020. And mm-hmm. so it was the year where everyone is at home. And so it was just really.
1: Intense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that was one time where it all became very real. Like I encountered death and I, you know, encountered someone who is dying. And there is a lot of intensity around that and a lot of, I don't know, reality just kind of smacked me across the yeah. face. So um, I think that was one instance in which you know i couldn't do it on my own Mm -hmm. and in that in those moments of intensity and closeness with family and really there being no escape because we were all you know stuck in the house Mm -hmm. um that was a moment where relying on A higher power like a higher strength something to lean on that was really essential for me because Mm -hmm. otherwise I would have gone crazy like relying on my own strength and intelligence that got me nowhere in that situation Mm -hmm. and so it leaves you wondering like where do I go Mm -hmm. Um, and so you know in because I I like to journal um, Mm -hmm. and that's something that's really important to me because I can introspect and you know, figure things out about myself. Mm -hmm. So in the midst of that process of introspection, that was one thing where I came to was like, okay, I have nowhere else to go. Mm -hmm. Like nothing else works. This, this works somehow. And Mm -hmm. I didn't understand it. And it, you know, in some ways I still don't, which is Mm -hmm. annoying because I like to understand things. Yeah, you're right. Um, but that like it just clicked somehow. And it was like, okay, like maybe yeah. this is something that really does mean something. Yeah. Um. And you know, I have the background of, you know, being a, a kid who grows up in the church and mm-hmm. my dad is a professor at a Christian university. Like mm-hmm. that's all the foundation, but the process of making the belief my own and realizing, okay, this is something that works for me. Mm-hmm. It's not just something that's been forced on me by my parents yeah yeah um that that was really cool and it was rewarding Mm -hmm. um to have that personalization of something that means so much yeah so
1: yeah right and it was during lockdown yeah so you can't i mean you can't escape you Mm -hmm, can't go anywhere to just get away from it
0: but even stuff like that like the little things it's just like yeah it's difficult
1: yeah my um like right after we got married mm. uh we've been married now 11 years so right at the beginning of our marriage uh, my wife's grandfather died mm-hmm. and our um i remember our priest saying something like um and i'm paraphrasing but he said sure. something like it's a it's a blessing to be near someone during the time of death or mm-hmm. s- some something along those lines yeah. so like yeah. he he said um you know it's a, it's a blessing to get to witness that, mm-hmm. um, and I'm wondering, I guess, if you had the same feeling, yeah, or if it, I don't know, if there's, if you think there's any truth to that,
0: sure, yeah. I mean, I, I think... thought, well,
1: okay, hang on, no, because I <laughs> thought he was, I thought that was a crazy thing to say. Like right. he had, he had said it, he had said it um, before that, like in reference to something else. Okay. And then I remember when I went, I was. I wasn't there for the death of my wife's grandfather, but I was in the hospice room and I, I kind of witnessed for the first time, like the slow labored breathing and it is, it's intense. Have you
0: experienced the death rattle?
1: That's uh, that's
0: another level.
1: Just like the, like the lethargic, like, (laughs)
0: like like it it rattles somehow. I don't know how. Yeah.
1: And I remember thinking like at the time, like this is maybe what he meant. Um, Mm -hmm. Like it started to make sense. I I kind of understood like the blessing part, especially if you you know, if you are um if you're a Christian, mm-hmm. the whole idea of death
0: right. you know, the
1: whole concept really of Christian life, it doesn't necessarily I I don't know if it's too much to say that it revolves entirely around that sure. death, but it certainly right. has a big
0: It yeah, I mean it it definitely has a certain like there's there's a meaning to it, I guess. Like it gives hope beyond death right and it
1: puts everything it puts the rest of christian life in perspective or in context um yeah and so i remember that thinking like okay now i kind of understand what he means by that right like to to witness that transition Mm -hmm. what you know we believe to be the transition from um from this life to the afterlife Mm -hmm. um so one of my favorite writers Mm. and thinkers um Flannery O'Connor. She's a Southern writer. She's writing in the in the, the 50s and 60s. Mm. Um so she's she's got a Catholic background, um, suffered from lupus, so she was homebound okay. for like m- most of her adult life. Yeah. Um and so that's where she was writing. Um but she has a quote that I've always loved. And I, I'm gonna botch it. It's okay. That sickness before death is one of god's mercies i'm i'm paraphrasing now okay. i am and now i am going to look it up okay because that's going to drive me absolutely crazy Sorry. i was almost okay i was almost correct so si- sickness before death is a very hang on, where'd it go sickness before death is a very appropriate thing and i think those who don't have it miss one of god's mercies
0: mm. yeah
1: because we would think normally like a it's quick the worst way to go, yeah, yeah, like a quick, easy, like death in your sleep is Probably. is God being merciful, right. and she's saying, as someone who has suffered from lupus, mm-hmm. right, um, that like, not only is it appropriate to be sick before you die, but if you don't have that, that you're missing one of God's mercies,
0: right? Yeah. Well, I think, I think that can be really true. My grandma and my dad would have conversations about, you know, this is happening and, um, you know, are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. And my grandma would always have an excuse for why it wasn't happening. Like she was always in denial Mm -hmm. Um, up until she was almost dead. Like she was in denial. She always Mm -hmm. had an excuse for why she might be sick or something like that. Yeah. So I think that great mercy is something that you have to choose to see. It's not something that you just find. Mm-hmm. It takes intentionality. Mm-hmm. So that was definitely something that I saw with my grandma's experience. Yeah.
1: So. And and have you since become more uh, grateful or yeah. uh, like more aware of those mercies? Oh,
0: for sure. I think that it gave me a really good sense of my faith but it also gave me a really good sense of the the goodness that there is in life and mm-hmm. without <laughs> without the struggles of you know everything that had happened mm-hmm. there wouldn't be that sense of goodness so it's more of a blessing really
1: so talking about like choosing to see mm-hmm. mercies right um my grandma <laughs> she would always say Um, happiness is a choice that you make and I think to a large extent she was right about that Mm -hmm. Um, that to be happy to be joyful is something that you have to actively pursue and choose to see yeah even when things get hard Um, Mm -hmm. and you know if you don't do that then everything just seems miserable all the time or right. you're in denial like right. you were talking about like yeah. yeah um yeah you said something too the other day about um like in order to be grateful I don't know how exactly how you said it but mm-hmm. like in order to be grateful what what were we talking about when you said that I it, can't remember I'm sorry the reason that I'm I'm asking is because it reminded me of yet another quote oh, yeah. um it was have you read Dr. Zhivago no, I haven't. It's another one that you need to put on your list. Okay. I saw, by the way, that you're reading Brothers Karamazov. Oh, so yes. That's a that's a whole. <laughs> n- that's another episode. <laughs> yes, we can we'll, say that for later. We'll get to that down the road. But <laughs> in Doctor Zhivago, there's, um, there's a quote that always stuck with me, um, and it's something like, um, "In order to enjoy bodily warmth, some small part of you has to be cold, mm-hmm. right? right? Like you, by comparison, uh, yeah. you." You have to, you have to know what, you have to have some idea of what life is like without those right. mercies. Right, there has
0: to be some sort of contrast to differentiate between yeah. experience.
1: Yeah, right. I think what we were talking about the other day is like that idea of your faith becoming stronger in times of struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the word we used, or that I used, was crisis, and I don't know that it necessarily has to be a like a life crisis, right. but certainly. There has to be
0: some, yeah, force that's against you. Right,
1: right. Um, So this is a, I don't know how to segue. Maybe there's not a great segue. (laughs) I'm assuming maybe incorrectly that you were homeschooled because, like, did your parents want to make sure that you had a good, like, faith foundation? in your education no
0: I actually was homeschooled because I had like severe anxiety and like it was it was really like I couldn't sleep I had to be in the same room as my parents to sleep and so I would like sleep on a yoga mat right next to them like at their feet um because I couldn't sleep and I was always anxious and so because my anxiety was so bad they they pulled me out and just said like okay you're independent you know how to teach yourself here's some resources you go yeah so i just kind of did my own thing okay um for for my homeschooling years and that was that was kind of the reason why
1: so did you did you start in public school
0: i was in a charter school from kindergarten to third grade and then i was homeschooled from fourth to seventh and then
1: and then back to tr- charter back to school? the charter school. Okay, okay. And then I went here. Yeah. Cause I yeah. thought that you went homeschool charter then public. Yeah. 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 But I didn't know that about the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to say probably what others have said about you, um, before, like you seem mm-hmm. like you, <laughs> like you're, I mean, you're obviously very confident. You're very bright. Mm-hmm. You're entirely Mm -hmm. self-motivated most people wouldn't look at you and and say that girl has an anxiety problem right Um, yeah and that's been my experience too like i said Mm -hmm. i think we have more than uh book lists in common (laughs) Um, like that i that idea of anxiety i think a lot of it it manifests itself in different ways and i think for a lot of people Mm -hmm. who are maybe more introverted and introspective like It's still a very real thing. Mm -hmm. It's just not outwardly noticeable. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So is that is it something that you still struggle with?
0: Yeah. It's not as severe for sure. Um, A lot of what I found to be helpful was um, mindfulness. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's as hippie as it sounds like meditation. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, using that gift of introspection and being able to kind of calm yourself, ground yourself, bring yourself back to the present. Mm-hmm. Um that was always really helpful for me. So that really helped. I started lifting, which mm-hmm. helped a lot. Yeah. Um I'm so stuck up in my head that I need something to connect me to my body. Yeah, so for sure. Um that really that really helped too.
1: Yeah, I well you called it like a hippie thing, not to sound hippie or whatever. Uh, yeah. Or something. And I I know. I like it took me a while to like feel comfortable with the term meditation because uh-huh. I always associated it with like Rafiki, mm-hmm. the Lion King. Yeah. <laughs> <was just> like,
0: <laughs> it's like, no, I don't want to. Yeah. yeah,
1: Like, yeah. And someone convinced me to like do a breathing exercise and yeah. I think that's what they called it. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then right. I did that and I was like, that helps tremendously. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. And then I and then later someone was like, "Oh yeah, you meditate," and I was like, "Absolutely, I do not." And yeah. They're like, "Well, <laughs> yeah, you, you just described it—that breathing exercise." Yeah. I was like, "Oh well, okay. Mm-hmm. If that's what that is, then sure, right. yeah, yeah, I'm okay with saying that." Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the breathing thing was weird too because it was like, you know, like there's a there's a physical component to anxiety that oh, yeah. people don't understand too. Yeah. That when you are panicked mm-hmm. and you are in a state of like anxiety. I don't, I don't know if this is true of you, but like anxiety is the way that I can describe it is a state of like perpetual fear. Mm -hmm. Like, and I don't mean just worrying, but I mean like if you've ever been scared, like if someone has jumped out at you from behind a a door or something and you didn't expect it and your heart like sinks first Mm -hmm. and then you just, you're breathing heavily and all that kind of stuff. And then it doesn't go away, mm-hmm. and it's, it's awful. Mm-hmm. It is the worst feeling right. that I that I know of. Right. Um. Yeah. So like the breathing thing was really strange. Mm-hmm. I think it comes in handy. It's not something that I do all the time, but like.
0: Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it helps. It does. I couldn't it's crazy. believe it. Yeah. yeah. And and it really you don't even. It takes a minute. For you to realize that it's working because mm-hmm. it just slows your mind down right, and suddenly right. you're not thinking about all of your problems and right. fears. And, and.
0: Especially when a tendency is to get caught up in your mind, mm-hmm. like recognizing that that's what's happening, like mm-hmm. the, the thoughts just go and go and go. The breathing or like another one that I'll do before a weightlifting competition is like I'll lay flat on the ground and I'll like press my lower back into the floor
1: mm-hmm.
0: and just like feel the weight. Like my weight on the ground Mm -hmm. and it works like for whatever reason like it's called grounding Mm -hmm. you ground yourself into the present Mm -hmm. um and like it works like you feel calm and like solidified Mm -hmm. like in your body yeah so like those things have been a tremendous resource Mm -hmm. um and sometimes it's hard to do like in the middle of being anxious the last thing you want to do is lay on the ground or like stop for a second and breathe because yeah, it, you feel it all all at once and it's overwhelming
1: What were some of the things so you were anxious about anything in particular or?
0: Yeah, I I think most of it revolved around school Like mm-hmm. I never had a problem with school, but it was always a source of anxiety mm-hmm. and it still is yeah um I would say that I would have a lot of irrational fears mm-hmm. like I have a really vivid imagination and I overthink things. So my mind just goes down rabbit holes mm-hmm. of kind of worst case scenario. I yeah. think one of the things that I remember pretty vividly is we would have Christmas lights up mm-hmm. and I was worried that the Christmas lights were going to set the house on fire. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. you know, yeah. it would never happen, but it was a worry and it was very real. So,
1: right. Yeah. Yeah. It does, Like whether or not the problem could ever happen mm-hmm. is not the issue right. Like the issue is that you cannot convince yourself otherwise mm-hmm. like you, yeah. you just cannot
0: no amount of logic right. can yeah overcome that right yeah
1: and you have cyclical thoughts mm-hmm. probably yeah. yeah to some degree it still mm-hmm. exists
0: yeah and i don't think it'll ever not be a problem for me i think i'm kind of drawn towards that but um having those resources is good the difficult part is actually using them when Mm -hmm. i need them yeah so there's one book that i've read and it's called the body keeps the score and it was like the connection between the brain and the body okay and it's amazing it's really cool it's a really dark book i really can't recommend it if people get like triggered by talk about traumatic stuff because it's really rough yeah but it's so cool like it's amazing the connection between mind and body so huh
1: yeah the body you say the body remembers the body
0: keeps the score keeps the
1: score okay i'll check it out
0: yeah I don't
1: um know. yeah i i know and that's what's so fun about these kinds of talks is that they mm-hmm. turn into something that you didn't expect like, right yeah i knew that we would probably talk about faith mm-hmm. in some in some way shape or form um yeah and talk about school yeah. And probably books. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I didn't know that about you with um the anxiety thing. Yeah. And. Uh, it was a crazy time. Yeah. We, we may have to do a part two.
0: <laughs> oh, for sure. Yes. I enjoy podcasting. <laughs> it's just talking.
1: And you're good at talking. Thank
0: you. I and don't talk a lot, but.
1: No, but you think a lot. I do. And you yes, have a lot. probably too much. A lot that you need a platform to say, mm-hmm. I think. And especially coming back to anxiety. Mm-hmm. Which has been a hot-button word for most of my teaching career now. Yeah. At least the last decade. I don't know about you. Yeah. I get a little bit frustrated with how that conversation goes sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I get frustrated with students. Like, there's not one kind of anxiety, I don't think. But I, I watch students and how they... I watch their study habits. I watch how they conduct themselves in class. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to like, you know, time to turn work in or Mm -hmm. time to take a test, suddenly that, you know, they have test anxiety or, or some anxiety that for a lot of students is, it becomes like an excuse to get out of the thing that they're not, that they feel that they're not good at. I'm not saying test anxiety isn't real, but I'm, yeah,
0: yeah. It's difficult to find a balance between saying that, like acknowledging the validity of that emotion and that experience and then also saying, but you have to be stronger than that in some shape or form. Yeah. Because it's hard to say in any scenario now, like anxiety is a weakness because, you know, it's a real experience, but it is a weakness and mm-hmm. can be mm-hmm. I mean if you if you conquer it then yeah it's not but
1: and I think maybe we're to a point where like so many people have some level of anxiety that it's right. like okay like it doesn't set you apart from any like what do you yeah yeah everyone's like everyone got everyone a- anxiety. anxiety so yeah all right, welcome to the club <laughs> you got to figure out how to live with it right, right. yeah which sounds insensitive but like in a very real pr- like practical way yeah you have to learn how to live with it or it's gonna swallow right. you up yeah um yeah. so yeah i'd love love to talk more about like like practical solutions for dealing with mm-hmm. dealing with anxiety and Oh, for sure how it works mm-hmm. for being a student like what does that mean to be anxious while you're also trying mm-hmm. to be a student right and and that kind of thing yeah
0: super interesting we'll
1: save it for another time
0: yep good idea before
1: for a part two part three who knows
0: who knows
1: thank you so much of course for taking the time several days in a row
0: many interruptions later many
1: many interruptions (laughs) later this is awesome i look forward to the next one me too all right until next time peace out Peace.
0: Suburban Podcast is written, recorded, and produced by high school students. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow us on Spotify as we continue to post more content. And please, remember that the beliefs, opinions, and attitudes expressed in these podcasts are those of individual students, many of whom are discussing these topics publicly for the first time.